Hey, this is Andy Jenkins with the Warrior Hope Podcast. The goal on this podcast is twofold. It's to, number one, help people find healing from the past, particularly veterans or even family members who are the, the loved ones or the extended family, very close friends of veterans. And, and number two, it's to give the veteran help in identifying the next mission, not not that the great things are all in the past. There, there were, there were incredible things that you did, but the same skills, the same training, the same identity that you had, even if not wearing your uniform now, is and does still work for the present, for the future. And we believe that there are great things inside of you. You were created for extraordinary and there's no reason to settle for ordinary while all of that's potential. Now, here's what we do believe too. We believe that the enemy that most warriors face is isolation. And there's this sense that, uh, yeah, those best days are in the past. The reality is the best days are ahead and we're better when we walk together. Two of the big ideas that we brought out in the Warrior Hope Manual, and now there's a new book, Warrior Family, or Hope for the Warrior Family, is finding healing, and two, finding that next mission. Now, in this episode of the podcast, I'm gonna introduce you to one of my friends. We just call him Hamp. Hamp is a guy who was a veteran. Hamp came back from deployment, and just in his own words, he had some issues that he needed to deal with. Here's what you're gonna see in this podcast. He has all kinds of credentials. He decorated, was a veteran, has served professionally. Here's what you're gonna see though, is regardless of all of that, as amazing as those things are, you're gonna find out that sometimes, and, and I would say not even sometimes, many times, the pain from your past can become a platform that empowers you not only to find your own healing, but to provide healing and empowerment and encouragement and equipping for others who are walking the exact same path. So when you listen for Hamp's story, listen for the pain in the past and the process he went in through and now how he is empowering others with that same message of hope that at one time in the past actually delivered and brought him freedom. Here's his story straight from his office. So that, that means you're gonna hear the phones and everything in the background. Here's my friend, Willie Hampton. Hey, I'm here actually in the local DAV offices. That is the Disabled American Veterans here on 2nd Avenue North in downtown Birmingham. This is, what, what is this, Hamp? This is chapter four? This is chapter four. What does chapter four mean? Chapter four is every chapter in the state of Alabama or other states have a number. Um, and so we're in number four. Uh, we're actually the, the third largest chapter in the state, I believe. But uh, the number just represents, it's a it's an identifier. So how many chapters are there in the state? Because this mm -hmm. seems like the DAV, I, I, I didn't know anything about it mm -hmm. when we first started doing the Centers of Hope, mm -hmm. Warrior Hope project, mm -hmm. um, which, which wasn't strange. There are a ton of incredible service providers yeah. out there. Um, but, but, but I got to know it pretty quick right. as soon as I got involved and then realize that these things are all over the place. Yeah, we're, we're what's called a veteran service organization. Some of the other veteran service organizations are like uh, VFW, Veterans of Foreign Wars, uh, American Legions. Those are also veteran service organizations. So DAV is also a veteran service organization. We primarily specialize in claims, you know, so. We, we think of really 
somebody in a wheelchair, or right, something, which which right. is that right, could be right. true. Understood, understood. That, that could, but let's talk about the breadth and scope of like the things that you guys might encounter. Okay, and when we say when we file claims for disabled veterans, really what it is is um, it's it's basically compensation for the disabilities that a veteran either sustained on active duty or something that was aggravated by active duty. Because of active right, duty. Right, because yeah. of active duty. So technically, you could be a 100% veteran, and you still may work because of the formulas they have. So when you think about disabled, um, you're th that's the term that they use, but it could be um, loss of, anything from loss of limb to something that could be mental health related. And the, the, the VA has a, has a system where they rate um, the the severity of your disability and then they give what's called compensation so what we do is we file claims um, for for the veterans for their benefits um, their benefits of again for something that either happened to them on active duty or was aggravated by active duty service medically. Okay. so the, and, and this is I, I guess I mean a good way to think about this is because and I'm speaking from really a standpoint of ignorance trying to understand, understand. it you have men and women who have basically given the country uh, a blank check right. with their body, their yeah. mind, yeah. their soul, their life. Yeah. And so if, if they come back and they're not 100%, right. um, so, some are. So yeah, not some, every veteran is, is right. disabled, but they right. come back and they're not 100%. Right. What this does is kicks in and gives them the ability to, I guess, make up that gap, compensate yeah. from... Yeah. where they were to now where they are mm -hmm. uh, so that they can move forward and now get mm -hmm. with the next chapter of life. Right, right. And that's and that's true. And like and there's other benefits, you know, like education benefits and things like that. But as far as your disability benefits, um, that I guess that's a way of saying, okay, this happened to you while you were serving your country. Yeah. And so we're going to compensate you for that. And again, it doesn't mean that you're some are very are severely disabled. Right. But again, it could be it could be mental health. And it's not always war related because uh, you can tear up a knee, for example. You could do that on active duty and, and you'll have lingering effects for that for the rest of your life. So the VA will, will compensate you and then you'll also be taken care of um, for that for the rest of your life because it either happened to you on active duty or was aggravated by active duty service. Well, I guess a lot of people, when they think of a soldier, they only think of the people that are on the front line, mm -hmm. like yeah. right now yeah. in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. uh, the reality is most of our soldiers aren't on the front line, mm -hmm. but no one could be on the front line unless you had an entire right. machine of people that is true. all the way yeah. at some scope of something mm -hmm. uh, serving you know, their peace Right. Uh, I, I mean, we're, we're in Birmingham, so kind of. Yeah. I mean, and I've seen you wearing some clothes, so yeah. kind of the Alabama model yeah. of yeah. you got the process, and it's mm -hmm. it's everybody. I mean, literally has a position that right. they do, right. and they focus on that position, right. and it fits to make the whole mm -hmm. thing work. Um, so, give me like a typical week here at the DAV, and I want to get to your story, but okay, sure, let's sure. talk talk sure. to me about a, a typical um, week of what you guys do. Okay, I'm going into my third year as a commander. Um, what we do is, again, we specialize in filing claims. So on Tuesdays from 9 to 2, we file claims for veterans. And the veterans will come in, they'll sign in. We try to have coffee, donuts for them, make them comfortable because I want them to understand that this is their space too. Um, but they'll come in. and we This have, looks like a lodge or yeah, clubhouse. Yeah, this does yeah. not look like it a... Is, uh, yeah. and, 
I mean, it looks like a nondescript. Yeah, I understand. I use hole in the wall in, yeah. the, in the good exactly. sense of the word, <laughs> yeah. like, you yeah. know, the great barbecue yeah. joint or yeah. the great yeah. pool yeah. hall or the great coffee shop mm-hmm. that you go to. Mm-hmm. So you come in. Yeah, it's, right. it doesn't look like a, a medical right. or... Right. It doesn't look like... I mean, yeah. we're, we're in the office, which is way over in the corner. Yeah. So you yeah. come in, it's like a big clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So they comfortable. Yeah. And so what we do is uh, we... It's kind of like a, like a... It's not a clinic, but we call them in one by one. We try to maintain their privacy. And yeah. uh, we file claims based on their needs. Um, they may come in. And, and right now, we're still helping Vietnam veterans. And, and that's... The Vietnam veterans have a special spot in my heart because uh, Vietnam veterans are still in some sense, battling for their benefits, you know. So they'll come in on Tuesdays, they'll sign a list, and we'll call them uh, in the order that they come in. And when they come, you know, when they sit down with what's called a chapter service officer, a chapter service officer is uh, the local level person that files claims. So once a year, we have to be recertified to file claims. And so the VA recertifies us every year and teaches us what it takes for a veteran's claims to be filed correctly. To do the paperwork right. correctly know what's expected correct. right so this is not just like a ma and paul thing i mean like, no, this is no, no. this is legit right we're, we're again this is a nationwide organization and we're just a local chapter yeah and so when they get in there they tell us what they think they 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 would like to claim or what they have a good case for again based on uh happening on active duty or being aggravated by active duty service and so what we'll do is we'll file that paperwork for them and then we send it to what's called a national service officer and that's that will be the next level now they get paid we're volunteers Volunteers. We're we're mostly disabled veterans helping disabled veterans, and so once we file the claim for them, it goes to a national service officer who checks to make sure it's correct, and then they actually file the claim to the VA. Okay, mm-hmm. so y'all y'all have a whole or oh, organizational structure yeah. to make yes, sure. I mean, it's yes, it's, yes, it's yes, like yes. legit military yes, yes, here, yes. even. So you've got that mm-hmm. whole process. Yes, okay, so Tuesday's paperwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday's paperwork. What, what else? Um, Tuesday's paperwork. What we do uh, is um, that's pretty much the only day that we're open. Uh, for business now, for business for, for yeah. basically claim filing. What's yeah. our, what our major function is, but um, a lot of times we'll get the, the department may say, "Hey, I had a veteran call and he needs he needs claim service." So what we'll do is we'll make it we'll make it available to them. We'll come in, we'll file claims, and again, like on from nine to two on Tuesdays, um, if you're in here by two o'clock, we don't turn you away. So at two so o'clock, this isn't like going no, to DMV. No, you no, no, all day. No, they put that no, sign up no, there. No, 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 If you're in here at two o'clock, and we, <laughs> get, and we purpose you get across right. the door. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I mean that makes right. sense that's to cut right. it off at two yeah. because then you got still mm-hmm. you know hours right. to right, right. And okay. so at two o'clock, you know, we cut it off and say, hey, you, you know, you may want to come back next week. But anybody that's in that door by two o'clock, what we do is, and we've been here eight o'clock at night, six o'clock at night okay. sometimes. Because we don't want to turn veterans away. And we do. We file a lot of claims on that day. And so the rest of the week, um, we pretty much just take, maintain the chapter, take care of the chapter. And um, and we have little functions here and there, you know, for our veterans. Uh, our, our membership meetings are third Thursday nights. Um, starting at 6, we have, we, have, uh, we have dinner and we tell them, hey, bring your families. And then at 7 o'clock, we have our meeting. And we'll go into our business, you know. Our, um, uh, there's a ritual that we go through. Um, you know, a, a, a order of service, yeah. and then what we do is we put out. Uh, this is like a club, right? Right. It, it really is. It's, it's, or a fraternity, it's yeah, like or a fraternity a, or business. Yeah, a, it really fraternity is a good is a good word for it because you have everybody's a veteran. We also have what's called a 
uh, Disabled American Veterans Auxiliary. And that's where the dependents come in. And they're like our sister organization. They support us. They take care of us, too. So we they meet. What we'll do is we have dinner together. And then when it's time for the meet, they'll break off and have their meeting. And we'll have our meeting. Okay. Um, and so after that, we, you know, we put out our business, you know, uh, bills against the chapter you know we vote on those things to pay the bills uh we have an executive committee um that's that's uh that's elected by by the body and so on first thursday you know their job is to meet to bring important things to the chapter so they vote on important things what to bring to the chapter because the chapter has the overall say so give me an example of like an important thing that the um, chapter might just like what's up what's something really cool that you know, not paying a bill. Obviously, you guys right, are going right, to pay right, that right, and do right, that. Right. But like, what's something that's really neat that you guys have um, done? Like, like, uh, like, say, for instance, if we want to do a fundraiser so that we can continue to keep the doors open, we may say, well, hey, um, we want to have a fundraiser, say, a barbecue. Which you um, have got. Well, we're having yes, morning, we're having it. today, right? And, and um, so we'll say, well, hey, let's let's vote on taking this barbecue to the a fundraiser, taking this barbecue to the. To the body, and so the executive board vote on it. If it's if it's uh, if it's approved, then when we have our membership meeting, they'll say, okay, we would like to have a barbecue for a fundraiser. These are the times, and we'll give them the particulars of that. Okay. Um, even even finance, because if we have to spend money from the chapter, then we have to vote on that because there's only a certain amount of money that 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 can be spent without the body okaying it. And because they again, the body rules this chapter. So you guys really are like a, I mean, yes, it is really like are. a fraternity. Are, you got got some leadership, it. but That's yeah. It. It's a whole yeah. now I, when, I've been here a couple times and I've noticed that you guys always have this big uh, kitchen in the yeah. back yeah. That, that of course you guys cook and right. eat out right. of right. or right. do right. fundraiser or barbecue right. but it seems like there's a big food pantry right talk, um, talk to me about the food pantry yeah. we partner with the Central Alabama Food Bank and uh, before I became the commander I asked the, the the commander that was in at that time I said hey is it okay if we uh, start a food pantry and I explained it to him you know and what the food pantry does is we give out free food um, to the to the to the community on first and third Wednesdays. You know, in our mission statement, it talks about um, serving the public generally or the community generally and serving our veterans specifically. And okay. so what we do on the first and third, we serve the community. But any day that a veteran needs food, like Tuesday when we're open, if they come in and they need food, if we have food, we give it to them. So we started that almost three years ago. And, um, and uh, you know, people just jumped on board, and 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 we've it's been a big success. And we give out like we had we gave out yesterday, and I, I would say we gave out probably like 149 boxes of food. So throughout any month, we can give out close to 500 boxes of food. And I'm talking about not small boxes. I'm talking about meat. Uh, no, like a shoe box. No, You're no, like no. A, I'm talking about like a big box. box. Yes, like a yes, yes. Box. And so what happens is with the with the um, it's on Walmart. Yeah, yeah. Trailer back yeah. there. And how that happened is um uh, the food pantry. They, they did a grant for us. And what they did is they bought trailers, they bought uh, a laptop, and they bought um, the hitches and things. And they what they also did is they set us up with local stores. Like we have a partnership with Walmart. We have a partnership with Aldi's. We have a partnership with Target. We have a partnership with, um, we, we had a little partnership with Winn-Dixie. And so where, where food, if you purchase it from the food pantry, it's like 16 cents a pound. Yeah. But what they've done now, they set us up with these organizations. And so we have a, we have like a service. Every week we have people to go to each and they bring the food in. Um, the food bank has, is, has least like given us to for use 
freezers and shelving and things like that so that we can maintain this stuff so that we can continue to give it to the community. Okay, so this is for veterans specifically. Yes. Well, well, the overall right. organization. Well, we still serve the community. But the public yes. generally. generally. So anybody yeah. needs anything yeah. that... And that's an our mission statement, and, and we, we try to live by that because um, serving the community helps us also because they're the ones that help keep us going. And it's not for that purpose only, but the reason why... Um, and not to say I like in a bragging way, but the reason why I really wanted to start this this food pantry is because in this area it's needed. And you'll see by the lines that's, I mean, running out the door and through our gate on any given time that we're giving First out First and food. third Wednesday. Yes, what yes, time? Yes. Um, from, we, we open the doors at 8 and we give out from 9 until it's gone. Until what? Yep, until what until we the last person standing yep, or until, food's yep, out. That's right. And, and if we have, like we may not have enough to give them, Everything, but we give them what we have, you know, yeah. so we give out, we give out our capacity and, um, and actually how this started, it wasn't even money from our chapter. Um, I started, food, I basically asked my wife, I said, Hey, cause they would like for you to order a thousand pounds of food. And so at 16 cent a pound. And so what I did is ask my wife, I said, Hey, is it okay? A thousand pounds. Right. Right. You be, right. Yeah. So, so 16 yeah. cents sounds like nothing. It sounds like nothing. But right. Then you start. Yeah. Yes. You do it. And, and even like during a the Christmas, they may go down to, to eight cent a pound. So you could get turkey and you know, we help, we, you know, we serve yeah. the community, but I asked my wife, I said, Hey, is it okay if, um, I started this food pantry, and she she agreed that even if we had to do it ourselves, that's like a hundred and sixty dollars a yeah. month. Yeah, and so yeah, but y'all were so into right. it, you were going to go into right. it. Right, yeah. and so I was going to do I was going to do that, and then what happened is the executive board jumped on board. Okay, and they said, well, hey, we'll put money into it too. So we basically fund this from 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 my executive from board. the lead team. Yep, yeah, from the lead team, and so it's not it's not really coming out of our out of our DAV money. You know, sometimes if we need to, we'll vote the chapter, the chapter may say, hey, you can, you know, use this. But for the most part, it's, it's, it comes from a handful of people here that, that want to see the community serve. So that, that really is the big service project that you guys do here yes, yes. in terms of like external. So yeah. internally, it's mm -hmm. getting these veterans mm -hmm. benefits claims, obviously also relationships, walking yes. with each other, uh -huh. camaraderie, mm -hmm. all of that. Oh, yeah. But then, um, Move, move, moving on to help the, the neighborhood around you. Right, um, right. T tell me how you got into the commander position with the DAV. Okay, you're uh, kind of doing your story backwards. Yeah, right? yeah, that's, that's okay. Um, just keep going. Backwards. I, uh, I, um, I was working for the government, and um, I have a, uh, I have eight years military and twenty five years civil service. So I worked for Department of Defense. I've worked for Social Security Administration, and I've also I always wanted to serve veterans. So I ended up uh, with the VA. I worked in the VA in Tuscaloosa, and I also worked for the VA in Birmingham. And um, uh, so eight years military, and then twenty five yeah, more yeah, years. Twenty five years civil service. So thirty three total right, serving yeah, yeah. the country. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And so what what I did is I said, well, if if when I retire, I'm going to serve veterans, and so. I only wanted to file claims. I, that's that was my, because somebody helped me, you know, and so I, that's the way I wanted to give back. Did, did you have disability? Yes, okay. I'm a disabled we'll, veteran. We'll circle back yeah. to that because yes, yeah. I, I think you're a good image of it because you walk around and you do right. all this, and, and it so, keeps me going because yeah. I, I mean I, I, I I'm not ashamed to say I suffer from major depressive disorder, severe and reoccurring. Yeah, and so I have a lot I have a lot of bad days, but this this keeps me going, and I really I really appreciate this place because it really keeps me going because. Because during my dark times, I, I get to really uh, help someone else, and it's 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 very therapeutic for me to walk in here and see the 
the, the food being given out and the people that really, really need it, you know, and so that's therapy. That's really therapy. It, it really helps get me going because I've really been in some dark places. But um, uh, the way that I got here is I only want to uh, uh, file claims. And so a, a, a gentleman trained me how to file claims, and then I went and I was certified by the state. So you were a volunteer. Right. I was okay. a volunteer. And we're Re all volunteers. So you retire. Right. And then yes, you sir. volunteered as yes, a non-officer here. Right, right, non-officer. And so they said, well, we would like for you to, at, at first they they basically nominate me for the junior vice position. And and what our hierarchy is, is it's a, it's a commander, a senior vice, and then a junior vice. Those are the Those are the, those officers. Are the three. Yeah, the three okay. officers. And so I was the junior vice, and so um, when... When it was time for for they needed a new commander, we have a, a process that you can nominate somebody from the floor. Now you have a nominate committee that nominates who they want, and then you have somebody might stand up and say, "Hey, I would like uh, Mr. Andy to be the next commander," and then they have a vote off. Okay. And so that's pretty much what happened, and they voted for me to be the commander. You got nominated from the right. floor, and I didn't want to be not the, commander. the official channel. Just right. for, well, no, it is yeah, official, yeah. but yeah, but yeah. And so I didn't really want. I didn't have. I didn't have that in my mind, but it really gives me a chance to serve on a higher level. Um, and so it's been it's been it's been really great. You know, we have we have some good veterans here that are also disabled veterans. And so um, my time as the commander has really been rewarded for me. And I believe that we've done a lot of good. So you came, you came in here to volunteer, yeah, just to yeah, volunteer, and then yeah, get yeah. <laughs> pulled into yeah, the leadership yeah. position. And, and basically thrown in the fire, kind of, yeah. And it's kind of grown, yeah. you know, from that. Uh -huh. uh, so to, is the DAV, is, a, is it a nonprofit? It's Because you don't have to raise the money. Is right. it a 501c3? So, yeah, it's a 501c4, actually. And so the way that works is the DAV is a nationwide, it's a great big organization, and it's headquartered in, in Kentucky. And so we're the local chapter. And so we basically fall under that umbrella. Okay. And um, so once a year, um, they give us a certain amount of money for your membership role. So say if you have uh, a thousand members, you'll get a certain amount of money for each member. They'll give you They'll, They uh, give an that allocation. to us, right. And so that's, the, that's it though. And that's that. It's, it's not that big. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So basically, we work off of donations only. Okay. And so, um, and, and we've really been blessed because people give to us because they see the good that we're doing. Yeah. Um, I had a lady call yesterday and she was like, I want to, I want to donate as a memorial. And she said, only thing I want from you guys is a letter that goes to the family that says I donated in the name of this de yeah, yeah. deceased veteran. So that's a good, that feeling. makes sense. Yeah. yeah that's a good feeling. So we have things like that. Um, we do little fundraisers, but, uh, we have people, we have a box and sometimes people just stick a dollar in the box and, um, you know, and, and we've been, we've been okay. Had some tough times, you know, been up against it. But uh, we really... People can donate online, can't they? Yeah. Uh, no, they can't donate online. No, well, here's the thing. If you donate online, it'll... Like, if you donate to the DAV, then it's going to go... It's going to go... It's uh, going to go to the national... The general fund. Yeah. But if you would like to donate locally, then you would donate to your local chapter. Drop it in the mail. Yep. Okay. Yeah, drop that, it in, that's, that's, no, yeah. that's good to know. That's good. Like, tell that's people, good. hey, put it yeah. in the mail. Yeah. And, 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 and it touches locally. Yeah, and I'll, put locally. The, I'll put the address. Yeah. And yeah. it's all... I guess it's tax deductible. Because it's, it's a it is tax deductible. It, is a slightly right. different designation. Right. And so what we do is if someone donates and they want a tax deductible letter, we put it on letterhead and we... We give them a tax deductible letter because we appreciate everything that we can get. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes kids will drop change in there. You know, anything helps because again, you're basically working off of your donations only to to fund your operating expenses for the year. Yeah. All right. Take me back to military service. Okay. What year did you go in? I went in in, in 1990. November 1990 is really cold. I'm from Vidalia, Georgia, 
And um, it's about an hour west of Macon, and I'm in an hour south of Macon, and an hour west of Savannah. Okay. And so when I, I went, yeah, I our, can kind of place yeah, that on the map. Our, our processing center, we call it MEPS, is in Jacksonville, Florida. So I went down to Jacksonville, Florida, and um, the the recruiter, she said, "Hey, do you want to?" She said, "Do you want to leave tomorrow?" And I was like, "Sure," because there wasn't a lot of jobs, and I and I'm not ashamed to say I grew up poor. How old were you when you? I went was in? 18. Okay. Um, and so I, uh, I grew up poor. And so I was like, sure, I'll go tomorrow because there was not a lot there's of jobs. Yeah, nothing, nothing to there's do. There's nothing to do. And so um, I called my mom and I said, hey, mom. She said, she said, hey, I said, they want me to leave tomorrow. She's like, okay, if you want to go. And so I said. That was it? She was yeah, just like. Well, no, I'm guaranteeing. Okay, she, so, she, said, okay. um, she said, well, what branch are you going in? I said, well, I'm going to the Navy. She starts crying. And she's like. I said, why are you crying? All of that water. Da, da, da. I was like, well, mom, I can swim and they'll teach me. Da, da, da. And so she uh, was okay with you going, but she not was at, not, not at, okay with yeah, Navy. Not at, because she's thinking, oh, all of this water. And so, um, but uh, so I was actually, I was actually, I had already signed up with the army because all of my family went to the army. But I had a buddy come back from boot camp. He said, man, the Navy, you know, he talked up the Navy. And I, the army recruiter was really mad at me, but I switched to the Navy. And so um, I went to, uh, I went to uh, Great Lakes, Illinois, and it was snowing. And I remember getting off the bus, and my CC is fussing and fussing at me and cussing and all that, all that stuff. And he was like, "Cause I didn't have a jacket, and here I am standing in the snow." Cause you came just, from Florida. Cause I came from Jacksonville, Florida, Florida. Florida. Yeah, so it's snow on the ground. And he's like, "Are you dumb?" But I was like, "Sir, I came from Jacksonville." But um, and so what happened after that? During my MEPS process, she said, uh, would you like to go into submarines? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and so she said, let me show you a video. So she showed me this video, and um, and it talks about the submarines and things like that. She now, got you with the video. Right? No, not really. Not yet. Because, like, I said, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, and don't take this the wrong way, I'm a poor black kid from Vidalia, Georgia. And I didn't see any black people in the video. So I told her, I said, I said hey, I said, um. <laughs> There ain't no black people in this video. She's like, oh, there's plenty of black people in submarines. Uh, she's like, my husband's in. Cause she was, was she black? No, she was white, okay. but she she had a she had a, a black husband. Okay. So she said, my husband's black. He loves submarines. Da, da, da. So I, I joined submarines. And so I went to Groton, Connecticut. We call it Groton, Groton, because the weather is crazy. But I really enjoy sub school. And so I was in submarines. And um, I was stationed on a boat that wasn't even built yet. Um, if you can imagine us, submarines are called boats. Um, surface ships, are, surface are called ships, and so okay, my, oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Okay, so a boat is a it's submarine. submarine yeah. A and ship is on is on top of the surface. Yeah. So okay. my boat was still in three sections. It hadn't even been put together yet, and so I was I wasn't on Alpha trials, which is two days. I was on Bravo trials, which is fifteen days. So you're thinking, okay, is this thing going to leak? Is it going to sink? You know? I mean, you got to be thinking that oh, when you're saying pieces. Goodness. You're like, I'm going to put that underneath the water. Yeah, and then now i got to live in this thing. But submarines, was it was very interesting, and um, I really enjoyed the subsurface. Were there other black people on it? Yeah, a lot. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when I got to my boat, there's not a lot, but there's a, a So uh, on the type of submarine I was on, there's, the crew is 176 officers enlisted, and I think we had... Uh, 22 but on submarines color doesn't really matter because you have to depend on each other because think about this if you have a fire and you can't depend on that person we train all the time yeah. because if you don't know what you're doing a fire can destroy us oh quick and so or a you, leak or yeah, I mean, so, anything. so quickly you you 
except for you know certain circumstances you really become really close and i mean you you have your officers enlisted thing but you even are a little bit closer to them in a respectful way because we live here there's nowhere for us to go and god forbid if something happened we have to depend on each other you can't just say so, yeah, yeah i'm gonna no. go step out and get some right, fresh right. air so coming from vade georgia um but it wasn't like that and so in the submarine community it's, it's a it's a family you know, because we have to depend on each other. So there's no color and all that stuff. And so it, it was really, it was really rewarding for me to serve in submarines. Um, after I got out, I, you have a seashore rotation. So I did my sea. I did probably, I think, eight to ten patrols, which is three months, three months on, three months off. Three in the water. Yeah. yeah. So you don't touch the land for three months. Well, we average, out of the 90 days, I think we average about 75 days underwater. Gone. Underwater. Underwater. Not above. No, underwater. Because... Under. You're gone. You're. So do you just lose track of days? You do. You do. And you're then just kind of. How, how yeah. long has it been? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's and you good. don't really you because. Just, and then we go to something called Zulu time, and it's not. It's, it's a different time than your regular time, and so you can lose days quick. And if you don't, you know, do a calendar, you can because you have a. You, we we had three watches, and so. Um, you, your job basically, you do your preventive maintenance and things like that, but your job basically is, me as a torpedo man. A torpedo man. Yeah, yes, that's what it's called. Um, so I served, you know, I worked with torpedoes. So I sat in my room, I maintained the systems, or, or basically monitored the system to make sure yeah. everything was good. It's an eight-hour shift, and then the next person comes on. And so you have three eight-hour shifts. And so after that third shift, it, it continues to rotate, and that's your day. Um, once, once, uh, once you're done with that, you know, again, you may play cards, you may watch movies, um, you interact with your, with your, with the crew, you know, whoever, whoever you. So you have off with. time. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. you're not. You can't go anywhere, but yeah, <laughs> yeah but you're you have off stuck, time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stuck in a mm-hmm. tiny break room. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. And we actually everything, all the stuff like that is done on what's called the mess decks, where we eat at. That's where we watch movies at. That's where we play cards at. Because that's the basically that's the only common area we have. So you go downstairs yep, to work. You yep, go upstairs yep, to, yep, to yep, eat, yep, play, yep, then you go to another it, deck that's to, it. to sleep. And so so after after that, um, uh, I went to shore duty, and I was a uh, while I was on submarines, I was a uh, the torpedo are basically the police or the security of the ship, and so um, I went to what's called. Uh, Small arms instructor school. So I was able, I went to small arms instructor school and I was able to uh, instruct eight different weapons. And so um, that's what I did. So we taught the ship, the crew, kept the, kept their qual- the qualifications up for, for the weapons that, that we carried. Like and, what's something that you would teach in? Uh, n- a nine millimeter. Okay, so yeah. pistols. Yeah, and, yeah, pistol. Yeah. And that was our service weapon. And uh, then you had. Yeah, I guess on submarines, yeah, I mean, yeah. don't. Well, you have you have you have you have, you have rifles because you have to you have to stand security guard. Yeah. And so, um, so what you do is after that, well, after that, I went to shore duty as a Navy police officer, and I also ran the armory because, uh, and what I did as the armory is I actually we had a you know we had a firing line and we trained the other submarines that was on the waterfront to keep up their their quals, and so I, that was really rewarding. And then after that, after I got out, um. I got out in 1998, and uh, I wanted to be, be a police officer. And so what they were doing is they would send all the police officers where I was stationed. They were sending the Navy cops back to the fleet, and they were going to hire civil service cops. And so um, I applied, and I got that job. And uh, it, it, I, I did that, and it was rewarding. Um, I was a cop for, for three years military and then another three years civil service once I got out. And um, 
and that's that started my uh, my civil service career after I got out of the military. And so I did that for a while. I did various jobs under the Department of Defense, Department of the Navy, and then um, I, I needed a change, and so I moved to Alabama. Um, and uh, and when I moved to Alabama, I mean, I was blessed because not a month later, I had another uh, government job, and it was for Social Security Administration. I really enjoyed working for the Social Security Administration, but by that time, I was really wanting to work uh, with veterans. And, and I know it sounds a little... But I did. I really had a passion. And, you know, people can say that they're servants. I, I consider myself a servant because I really like to help others. You know, we'll say, oh, we like to serve, but a lot of times it's lip service. And I really, yeah. that really comes out. Um, that's really important to me. And so I wanted to, I want, I want to work for VA. And so I, I got hired at the VA. And um, I worked for the VA for, from... 2008 until until about two years ago I think and um and right before you ended up here I guess right 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 and so um yeah it was it was really one I worked in Tuscaloosa Tuscaloosa was good I came out actually I was hired first in Birmingham I traveled to Tuscaloosa I, and I wrote it I lived in Tuscaloosa for three years so I transferred to Tuscaloosa and then I came back to Birmingham um and uh I met my wife, man. We have a four-year-old triplets and a seven-year-old. Four-year-old triplets. Yeah, man. And so I'm an old dude, <laughs> but she didn't have any kids. And so I, it's, it's real fun to me. You know, people say you're starting over, but I'm a family man. So it, it's easy to me, and, and, I, and I, love, I, love what, I love my life. But the life that I have outside of here and this life makes my life really rewarding. And, and, and it was hard for my wife because she had to really understand. You know, I have other disabilities, but the biggest one is... is, is you know what I go through with my depression, and so she she understood and she helps me through that. And you know, initially she was like, "What's wrong with me?" But is she is she military? No, she works for the VA too. Okay, she works up in the lab. She's a med tech, and so she tests blood and all that other stuff. But um, yeah, she um initially it was hard for her, but now she really helps me through because she understands what I'm going through a lot better. Right. And um, how important was it to? Uh, not get her on board, but but I know a lot of veterans uh, that I speak with, they don't want they they want their spouse to know, but yet they don't. It's like a catch twenty two because they don't want to put that burden on the spouse. Yeah, right, um, and and but, it, it was it was to, it was at the point in my life where it was I basically had to include her because um, it was becoming a problem not to because she started to think that it was her. I'm like, no, it's not you. It's something I can't control because you can't control a chemical imbalance, you know, or you. It, it comes and it's there and you know you're in a different place and so she really has learned to help me through that place and again this really helps me um so you know when when i'm when i when i'm down sometimes when i come in here yeah. it makes it better it so it's part better. of the support system is yeah the the spouse the significant yeah. other yeah. Yeah. for people that because i i think you know the good thing is uh, mental health, yeah. depression, yeah. emotional wounds. Mm-hmm. It's kind of becoming uh, normalized it in is. the sense that it's as common for people now to talk right. about that right, as right. it is. Hey, right. hey, I broke my arm, right. or I, you know, I'm in a wheelchair because mm-hmm. of this, or right. I've got this physical limp. You know, in an, an internal mm-hmm. wound that may be invisible yeah. is just as real. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because people. People think that, you know, we had the stigma about mental health. Oh, something's wrong with me and da-da-da-da-da. But, um, I th- again, like you said, I think it's, it's becoming 
more normalized. And I think that, and that's where the people that, that, that are suffering from mental illness have been suffering for a long time are starting yeah. to get the help they need because it's not such a big stigma because a lot of times people, they go away and isolation is the worst thing. And so they Especially get, for right, 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 mental health stuff. Right, that's what I'm I saying. Mean, it, that's, is that, and that's what I'm talking about. It just this cloak of shame right, and this right, cloak right, of right, guilt right, and this right, right, right. more depression. Right, right. And so having a support system, Having a, a mental health provider, and the VA has been good about that. I have a very good mental health provider. So your your support system, I'm, I, I want to make Go a ahead. couple notes because I want to let people know. You're, so your your significant other, your spouse, yes, yes, yes. is it w- would be Vital. would be one, mm-hmm. and then um, a, another one would be the service that you do right, here. Right, right, right. So having an outlet where yes, it's not about you. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, you get and, out of your and, head. And then another one would be you've got a professional right, where right. it is about you. Yes, yes. So you can deal with that yes, stuff. Is, is there anything stuff. else that... Um, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. That's, you know, I have, I have my wife. I have my doctor. And, you know, my friends, they understand, you know, yeah. a little bit better. You know, we don't go into detail, but they understand a little bit better, so they know. And um, and they're sensitive to that. So uh, my network is big. You know, I have my family. I have my friends that are very supportive. My doctor, my doctor has been treating me since 2004. So she has become almost like another family member. So you can trust her. Yeah, yeah there's not like a, right, yeah, right, it's, right. there's some history there. Yeah, and so she's been, she's been really good. You know, and some people say, I've heard veterans say, well, I don't want a nurse back there. She has been phenomenal for me. And so to me, that doesn't matter. I think it's less, I think it's more about whether you, whether you click with that provider and that provider, you can start to trust that provider. And she was, she does a really good job of, of, of understanding where I'm at, where I am and knowing how to treat me. And, and I, I'm so appreciative for that. And then, and then this place, this place has been, because I don't know what I would do outside of those two things. Yeah. You know, because I would be pretty much, you know, and I don't come up here all the time, like one day, you know, a week or sometimes two days a week if we have an event. Yeah, but, this isn't the right, totality right, of your no, life. Right, this no, is just a no, piece right. of it. And so it, it helps because then you're not, you're not struggling at home because you have, you know, you have something to do. And sometimes it's easy to, to go down when, when you're isolated. Yeah. But, uh, you know, a lot of times my, 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 um, my people that check on me, they take care of me too. And so they're a very good support system. And, I, and I'm one of the youngest here. And so they'll call, hey, how you doing today? You know, they'll check on me and make sure I'm okay too. And so they are part of my support system. Yeah. Out from the DAV, it's the individual uh, relationships that's built here. We become like a family. And I told them as the commander, I really want us to be like a family. So we, we got to trust each other. And again, we've been here almost three years, three years, because they keep nominating us from the floor. Okay. And um, I was I was going to say, well, no, nah, I don't you want to tap anymore. out. Right, but, <laughs> yeah. And so, Let somebody else run right, it. And so as long as, as long as, as long as they want me to serve them, I'll serve them. As long as, you know. Let, let me ask you this. Um, this is probably one of my final questions. How, how did you know something was wrong? Like if you, you know, if you break a leg, mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, my leg's not working. Right. So you, you know, you're like, I, I need to go get this checked out. Mm-hmm. Or if you get, you know, you, you get something going on with your digestive tract. Mm-hmm. You know, your stomach's upset. Mm-hmm. You know, you start throwing up, or you have diarrhea mm-hmm. or something. You like, you know, because there's a physical mm-hmm. issue. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. How did you know that something mentally, emotionally might not be a hundred percent? Right. To I, go get help. And and with me, it was I was always I was feeling down. I was feeling. I was in a dark place, and, and a lot of it was because of 
the injuries that I had, my physical injuries. Okay. And so being a young man, my physical injuries, it's it's hard to be young and not be able to to get on the floor with your kids or 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 not interact with your kids the way some other people can. And so that's very depressing. So for loss me. of something. Right. Loss uh, of initi- something. And, and it started it really started then. And so uh and my doc that's what my, my doctor says, Well hey, um you're in depression because I think being in pain um was really depressing fact and having the limitations on your life that another person my age would, would be freely able to do. And I think that I, I went, I started going down into a dark place from there. And so, because um, you had been in your 30s. Right, like, this right, is. Right. And I still so have. This, this can happen to young yeah, people. This isn't can, just yeah, is, old. Yeah. And I still, I, still have a, I still have a lot of dark days. I'm, I'm learning how to cope a little bit better. Uh, and again, with my support system, it helps me. But I will say that's how it really started. And my doctor, she diagnosed me and, and um, she let me know where I was and she let me know. Um, how to get get try to get better and have have some good days have some really good days yeah um. man I I appreciate you uh, trusting me with that piece of the story I I mean and knowing that we're recording it too you know it took me a while to get because there are a lot of people that again you know disabled American veterans Mm There are a lot of people that that think that that might only be because mm-hmm. you see the physical, right? Right. But, but right. they don't realize that. Golly, sometimes there is that, mm-hmm. and sometimes there is that physical just on a, a percentage, mm-hmm. um, like maybe certain parts of the, the physical capacity are working now eighty percent instead of a hundred. Right, right, right. But they don't realize a lot of times it's it's mental or it's right. emotional. There there could be other layers Can to I tell that. Tell you one quick story. Yeah, I mean, um, it, I was talking about where I come from. Um, my father, my father was a Vietnam veteran. I have a very special spot in my heart for Vietnam veteran. Not, and not necessarily because of my father. My father was a Vietnam veteran. And because he didn't have an outlet, because he didn't have uh, some of the care that I have now, my father literally drank himself to death. My father passed away from advanced cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, wow. And I know he carried a lot of things because uh, as I got older, I started to understand more. You know, and he has some darkness about him, and 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 that's another uh, that's another benefit to me when I see these Vietnam veterans coming here, and some of them haven't even gotten benefits or help from the VA, and they've been carrying this stuff for all those years, over oh, decades, yeah, at for this decades, point, yeah. and now they're able to. And I have I have I have veterans here that that haven't been getting their benefits, but maybe a couple years. And our Vietnam veterans in there late 60s and, and and some older and so now to see them they had to carry what they had to carry all these years and now be able to get some help yeah, for because mental health years is, yeah yeah so because mental health is understood better because it's been a little normalized you know they're they're been, they're able to get and be it in their late ages they're being able to get some help with what they've been through and so um, I'm grateful for that too yeah so that there'll, there'll be less people that carry it on their own like your father mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. had to carry have it. That, inc- that outcome. Yeah. That's a great perspective. Yeah. Well, man, thank you yeah. for your time, yes, for your service here, yes, sir. for your service with all the civil service jobs yes, you've had, for the service I with mean, the country, my, had a good life. for, man, you have done a lot and you are continuing still to create a ripple effect uh, here. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you so much.
Well, that's the story for the day. Do us a favor. If you would go subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you listen to this episode, that helps us because it tells those providers to push that content up to the front and help other people find it. While you're there at either one of those places, go ahead and leave us a review and then share the podcast. We would love for you to tag us in it and let us know where you're listening or even just take a screenshot if you're at your office and then tag us somewhere in social media. Also, if you'll go to our website at warriorhope.com, there is a free PTSD self-check. You just go log on. It takes about two to three minutes. It is self-guided, self-study. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or prescribe. It's just a tool for you to see if, hey, would I benefit from, or, or would a loved one of mine benefit from some more tools for emotional help, emotional wholeness, emotional freedom. Think about it like this. If your arm was working at 70% capacity, you, you would try to fix the rest of the other 30%. In the same way, if your emotions, your mind, just the soul has this, well, it, it's just not at optimal. And I try to be so careful with my words because they can be so misinterpreted. And so often in this area, it seems that people, they're afraid because let's be honest, we've been trapped and tricked about things related to emotional health before. And sometimes that gives us a label. And so here's the deal. This one completely anonymous, completely just you and just see if you would benefit from some of the tools, some of the resources that are available to you through the VA, some of the tools, resources, even that are free, anonymous on our site, other links, other things right there. Look in the show notes for all of the links for more information. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back again next week with another incredible talk. As always, walk with us because I really believe that we're better together.